0: Hello, Paul. welcome into episode 11 of the people of Inferoo. I'm joined today with the snowman himself, Paul. How are you Hello. doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Nice. Uh, I saw you just drinking, I assume, coffee. Do you have uh, food today?
1: Uh, I did have some food today. Um, I'm not normally a breakfast person. Uh, I'm usually a three cups of coffee in the morning and then a lunch. Uh, But I just finished some leftover veggie fried rice and uh, now it's time for the afternoon coffee. So nice. Nice. I love an afternoon
0: coffee. What's your
1: kind of coffee? What do you do? Uh, So I drink whatever they have in the break room by the K-Cups. I think it's the, you know, the Green Mountain, whatever, but straight black. So Wow. No, no cream, no sugar. No, I, I went through 10 years of grad school drinking really, really terrible um, coffee that they gave us there. And so I'm used to drinking the the nastiest black coffee you can imagine. So this is actually a step up. Hey, Seth, I guess this will lead into uh,
0: you being at work. I assume right now what you said from the messages, uh, you did 10 years
1: of grad school? That's well, I wasn't in grad school for 10 years, okay. but um kind of yeah. yeah so um yeah so i'm at work right now um i just started this job in july at uh saint jude children's research hospital here in memphis um but till then i was out in arizona for 10 years so nice
0: uh, i assume yeah. medical things what was the what was the degree
1: uh so i got my phd in biomedical engineering um, uh, mostly focused on neuroscience. So uh, when I was in grad school at Arizona, I did uh, actually played with monkeys and I stuck little electrodes into their brains and nice. they uh, they played in VR and I recorded what they brain did while they played in VR. So, nice. uh, so that's what I did out there. And then I did my postdoc at an Alzheimer's Institute, uh, looking at MRIs, trying to um, do clinical trials for Alzheimer's research. And then uh, now I'm here at St. Jude doing a sort of similar thing. Um, they, uh, so St. Jude has gotten really good at keeping people alive from cancer um, and because I, I don't really have any training in cancer at all. Um, but a lot of times after kids go through treatment and, you know, just all the associated processes of dealing with cancer and other diseases um they often have a lot of you know cognitive issues and stuff like that so i'm part of a new group that they're starting here trying to improve quality of life post-cancer treatment so that's kind of what i do is help help improve them after they've already gone through treatment so nice that's incredible work yeah it's pretty
0: rewarding so nice good. Is it um more personal like are you talking to these people and helping them post or are you doing like research and like kind of with like
1: medicine uh... uh so um so like i said we're pretty new um and so we're just getting our stuff off the ground but mm-hmm. we will be working directly with patients doing um like fmri functional imaging um so since we're focused on cognitive stuff, we'll put them in the scanner and we'll have them do like memory tests and stuff, and we'll scan their brain, see what's going on, and then see what we can do to try and uh, help them improve.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, can we talk about the brain? I feel like rarely this opportunity is given.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the brain. That's what I do all day.
0: All right, nice. Yeah, all right. Um, what's what is the most interesting thing about the brain to you, Ball Snowman?
1: Uh, so I, what I think is the most interesting is the ability for it to really adapt and repair itself. Um, I say that cause that's one of the main things that I'm focused on is, uh, this idea called neuroplasticity, where you can kind of train the brain to adapt to new things. So one of the ways that we're trying to like help these kids and we're doing this with monkeys out in Arizona state is, uh, you can provide some sort of stimulation to the brain while they perform a specific task. And then that can help them sort of learn that task faster. Um, so like one of the things we did at Arizona State was we had this really cool VR setup. And so people were like reaching to targets in virtual space. Um, and so we could shift where the targets were in space mm-hmm. using the VR system. And so it'd be weird, you know, they'd try to reach straight out in front of them, but it would show them their arm, like reaching to the left or something. So they'd have to learn how we're sort of manipulating this VR feedback. And then we could use um, electrodes that we would place on their skin, like on the trigeminal nerve or the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. and we could deliver electrical pulses um, to sort of stimulate the area that releases neurotransmitters okay. That so that while they're learning this task, um, we're sort of exciting the brain we're putting it into like a a ready to learn state and so we found that you know while we're doing this stuff the people that we gave real stimulation you know you kind of in the experiment you have control people that you're just giving fake stimulation they think they're getting stimulated but they're not and then people that you're actually delivering the stimulation to and we found that they would learn the task a lot faster and then after we would put them back to the sort of normal task um they could adapt back to that normal task faster so you you know we're just experimenting with ways that you can sort of help the brain learn faster um so it's yeah it's it's pretty cool and it's really fascinating especially for people like who've had strokes or something where part of the brain actually gets damaged you know so you'll see people who can't you know walk as well or they'll lose functioning on one side of their body and through you know, certain neuro rehab techniques, you can actually train the brain to like form new circuits so that they can gain functionality back. So that's, that's what I think is the most fascinating is the brain is highly adaptable to, to learning and, and readjusting itself to everyday life environment, everything. So it's, it's I think I have a lot more questions.
0: (laughs) We'll start. I All hope you're right. ready for it. I like I'm I'm extremely fascinated. I hope the listeners are. Um, I want to know personally how
1: well the monkeys did. <laughs> um I like to tell people that working with monkeys is like working with a really, really strong three-year-old. Um because so when we're training them to do things, we would give them rewards of juice. So, you know, we're trying to teach them to use this VR system. And so when they would do it correctly we'd give them these juice rewards like you know tang or cranberry juice or something um and then after they were done working we gave them all kinds of treats like grapes and they really love worms um so we'd like feed them these treats so they like work for these rewards but if they are not in the mood to do something they will throw a temper tantrum just like a three-year-old and just be like nope i'm not working today and they'll just wait you out and uh so and they also pee everywhere so you're constantly like cleaning up their pee Um, so in that case it's kind of like a a three-year-old but they're actually highly intelligent um you know it's really fascinating watching them uh because we built this vr system where we're showing them an avatar of their arm Mm -hmm. and so they're moving around in the space in front of them and they're seeing this like real-time movement of their arm in this environment and they're really able to interact with stuff that we give them and you know we can record the brain activity when they're doing that so we can um you know see what's going on in the brain and so it's kind of a love-hate thing because uh it's a lot of work to get them trained and it's kind of you know if you ever anytime you're trying to train a puppy even you know how it can be very frustrating um but it's also very rewarding because when they do learn it they do really well, we get a lot of great data from them. And they're actually very, if they're in a good mood, they're, they're pretty loving too. Like they love it when you rub their tummies and, mm-hmm. you know, I got one, he would give me high fives, so. Oh, cool. man. <laughs> so results wise, they
0: responded pretty much similarly to like human subjects in terms of like uh, learning better if they were given a reward?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and so we used uh, rhesus macaques and they have their brain is functionally and anatomically very similar to humans. Okay. So they, they have a lot of the same structures and stuff. And so it's it's great because we're able to record um, a lot more info from their brain than you can with a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's gives us a way to sort of see into how the premotor cortex works when you're planning out reaches and stuff that you you couldn't really do as as well with humans. Um, mm-hmm. And for anybody who's worried out there, that they were treated very well. They're, they're, um, you know, we have all these protocols in place about safety and, you know, making sure that everything is benefiting to them and that they live a good life. And uh, my wife, actually, when I was out there at Arizona State, her and the lab manager started this really cool thing called the Research Animal Retirement Foundation, which raises money so that when the monkeys are done, in research they can go live on a a reserve somewhere and live out the rest of their lives outside the lab without having to be euthanized or or anything so so i don't i don't want to get you know yeah
0: animal rights ethicists on me (laughs) yeah it's a fine line but i think that's that's the best you can do and it's important
1: research it is it is And, and that's what i try to explain to people i know some people have very differing opinions on that. And even I struggled with that at times, um, but um, yeah, there's there's a way you can do it very ethically and, and beneficially for both them and, and humans, I think so. Yeah, if you're getting high fives from a monkey, I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I want to just draw this line and, and figure out exactly what the, when you say you uh, stimulated the brain uh, and made them react better is that i i assume for the monkeys it was treats for humans is it like some sort of reward or is it like an actual pulse you just
1: send into the so so for both the humans and the monkeys we used um electrical stimulation um and so we would put little electrodes on the skin so uh and then deliver electricity to the nerves and so it's kind of a a bottom-up sort of system where we would stimulate nerves kind of in the neck and on the face and those nerves travel into the brainstem and so by stimulating the nerves you're exciting where those nerves project to into the brain um and so the electrical stimulation i i could put it on you and you wouldn't even notice it you know they sell commercial systems for it most of them are kind of quack so don't buy them but um uh But it's, it's not like a painful stimulation at all. You wouldn't even notice. It feels kind of like a cell phone buzzing in your pocket. Um, the rewards we use with the monkeys is to train them on the task. You know, if if I give you a VR environment, I could say, Hey, see your arm. Okay. Reach out and touch that green ball. Right. With a monkey, you gotta be like, you know, show them the green ball. And when they touch the green ball, you give them a treat and they're like, oh, okay. I get it. If I touch the ball, I I get a treat. Okay. Um, So it's more of a behavioral training. Yeah. Okay next topic. Right. and
0: <laughs> We haven't even gotten to Inferru yet. But um, I'm curious, personally, we've talked about gaming a lot in ep- episodes and VR gaming is something that has become way better and technology is getting good. But oh, aside from the gaming aspect, there's incredible technical and um, ideological even implications that can come from that technology. Um, what, what do you see in VR?
1: Oh, it's huge. Actually, um, it has, you know, so I was doing stuff with monkeys and that was pretty cool, but we're getting started on this project here at St. Jude using the Oculus actually. Um, so in addition to like stimulating, um, to, to increase brain activity, you can also just have somebody train on something, um, in specific ways you can give, give people tasks to help them, um, you know, practice memory, practice processing speed, stuff like that. And so we're actually starting a pilot study here using the Oculus with uh, kids here in St. Jude, um, doing cognitive training for them within this sort of virtual environment, which makes it easier for them because they can just sit in this Oculus. It kind of gamifies it a little bit, so it makes it more fun for them. So it's not just, you know, going to the hospital to do this rehab test. It's like, come on, let's let's play VR games. Yeah. Um, and so, so it makes it a lot more fun. And so the the applications there are, I think, are going to be huge um, because cognitive training has already shown positive results um, just using iPads and stuff. And so we're hoping that by making it more immersive with the Oculus, we're able to sort of expound on that. Um, I mean, additionally, broader areas that I don't even work in. Uh, lots of there's lots of ways that vr could be used for people um learning new tasks trying new things that would be prohibitive in other ways Mm -hmm. um my my brother-in-law was visiting for christmas and he got an oculus for christmas and he brought it with us and one of the things that we kept doing with these like phobia oculus thing i don't know if you have oh
0: like like walking off an edge or riding roller coaster type stuff
1: yeah yeah like you know they have somewhere it's like oh you're standing here and all these spiders just come out and start like crawling all around you and stuff it it was kind of creepy like i'm not gonna lie i was kind of creeped out and spiders don't even really creep me out that much but uh yeah i think you know stuff like that could be great for Getting somebody used to something or trying new experiences that would either be dangerous or scary without having them to really step to the edge of a building or mm-hmm. sit in a box full of spiders or something. So, yeah, yeah. If
0: you could face your fears in a virtual world, but it still stimulate your brain in the same way that you would, then you're basically getting trained the same way without any danger. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it's awesome. I'm curious nothing to do i mean i guess a lot to do with the brain uh only to do with the brain even have you seen anything where or how far do you think if you even have any idea of being able to just have a vr headset with no controllers and be able to just
1: control with your brain uh yeah so um that's actually uh i almost started talking about this but i I didn't want to go way too off the deep end but since you brought it up i will i'm Um, very (laughs) curious. so Yeah. So part of the research that I was doing with the monkeys, um, the eventual use of that is for brain computer interfaces so that we can read out, um, what the neural activity is going on and sort of decode that. And we were able to do that actually. Um, you know, so the monkey's reaching in this virtual environment and I could see based on the neural activity, whether he was reaching to the left or to the right or up or down just by looking at what we were recording. You know, without even knowing what he actually did, I could decode the data and say, "Oh, he was reaching to the left on this one, and he was successful. He reached to the right on that one, he was unsuccessful." Um, and what? So that like that's going to be huge, I think, for like neuroprosthetics and stuff in the future. Um, and communication-wise, that you know, there's people who've done it in humans now, where they're controlling robotic arms and can control you know text on a screen just you know, through EEG and recordings and stuff, but a major part of all of that is the person has to learn how to, you know, what to do to control that output. Um, And one of the good ways to do that is through VR because you can't hook everybody up to a robotic arm, but if you can hook them up to a robotic arm in VR, then you can read out that data and have that VR arm move based on their, Based on the brain readouts, so they can use this VR platform as training for neuroprosthetics or for, you know, writing out data uh, onto a computer screen. It's it's a great medium for training your brain how to uh, how to control its output. And then once you have some sort of grasp of how to control that output, you can um, adapt that to whatever you sort of need uh, as far as you know robotic prosthetics or you know sensory input stuff you know you can uh, I could go on and on (laughs) there you know there's there's people who who are able to um do what's called sensory substitution now where they have blind people can now see or see so to speak quotes um based on the way that you sort of deliver audio tunes in combination with vibrations so you can give somebody the perception of seeing colors by training them to um, respond to different audio sounds delivered at certain frequencies and at certain times. Um, and, and that's not my area of expertise, um, but there's, you know, we're, we're on the frontier of, of really tapping into some of this stuff, I think. So that's, a, I've, um, that's what I've
0: been reading and seeing, I mean, I. I would, I would love something even as small as to just put on a headset and be able to play FIFA and have the pass go exactly where I think it is going instead of me having to input my left thumb and then press the button and that's more input than just thinking it and it happening. Or even yeah. something as, um, I don't know, transferring a brain to a computer system and living like that Black Mirror episode. Uh, like, you know, like there's so many applications um, on just brain technology.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's really just going to come down to, you know, how, how well you can record signals, you know, from the brain. Because, um, you yeah, know, I could hook something up and record your activity when you say, all right, I'm going to pass to that left forward who's streaking down the side. And I could record what your brain does when you, you know, push the pass button and, and the joystick button. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not recording from the right area of neurons, or you haven't trained to learn how to control it like that, it's gonna be really noisy and not as good as just pushing the button on the joystick. But if we can record from enough neurons or in the right area, then we could easily just say, all right, yeah, oh, he's pushing A, you know, he's, he's now he's pushing B.
0: Right. Well, and it's all baby
1: steps, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. You get one small thing done and then another small thing done and then all of a sudden you're driving a car without a steering wheel.
1: <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs>
0: Thank you for this discussion. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> and we may bring it back, who knows? But let's wheel it back in to the people. All right. How did you, college student, I presume um, in Arizona, find yourself on a Bonnaroo music forum? I believe you joined in
1: 2010. I did. Um, I actually lurked on Inveroo since about 2005-ish. Wow. Uh, I went to Bonnaroo. To, so I'm originally from Tennessee. I was born and raised in Memphis. Um, I went to Bonnaroo 2004 and, um, it was an absolute disaster. And, uh, we were, me and my friends are just totally unprepared. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have a shade tent. So it was really hot. Uh, my buddy who's, who brought the the regular tent it was his dad's hunting tent and it smelled like deer guts and it leaked and 2004 it rained a lot and the grill that we brought to cook food we got there and realized it didn't work so we couldn't cook any of the food that we brought with us and we were just woefully unprepared Um, and so after that the two people I went with they were like no I'm not doing that ever again and I was like, well, I had a great time, you know, music-wise. When we were in Sunrue, we had a great time. Yeah. But uh, so I was like, I got to figure out how to do this right. So I started lurking Inferru for the 2005 version of the fest, and uh, I just lurked forever. Back then, InfoRu was kind of like Bonnaroo; it was kind of a, a wild west. There was a. Uh, there were some. I don't want. to there were some personalities that were a little rough around the edges and, and made it not as welcoming of a place, I would say. Uh, so for a long time I avoided joining. I don't really remember exactly why I decided to join, um, in 2010, but I did. Um, but I would, I would always alert, come in for you know, see if there's scapes coming in before 2005 and six and seven. So, uh, I've been, I've been around before, um, I think I even remember there's a big deal because a former mod people weren't happy with them This was like before Druid became a mod, even like way, way back. There's lots of drama. So I, I've heard tales
0: of how crazy old Infra was.
1: <laughs> I I, did, I don't think I ever. I remember actually having to Google what DIAF meant because I kept seeing it all the time. I was like, what the hell does that mean? I was like, no, oh, die gonna... die in a fire. All right. You, oh, geez. You <laughs> You guys are very nice around here
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love it so i mean looking at your post history you're pretty much as pure of an inferior as it goes and pretty much stick to the Bonaru or bonaru related content on the board i assume you've been to a lot of bonnaroo's considering you went in 2005 and four how many of you uh...
1: I've been to every Bonner since 2004, except for 17 and 18. So I guess like 13 or 14 years, maybe. Nice. Something like that. Yeah. It was, it was a lot easier when I lived here in Tennessee and then, uh, all, you know, I went to school at the university of Tennessee, actually learned from Potence, uh, when he was on here that we were at UT at the same time. Um, but, uh. You know, so I had a bunch of friends from Tennessee and it was always actually nice living in Arizona because I could fly in to Nashville and I would just take the shuttle down to the farm and all my friends who still lived here, they would just have camp set up for me. So I would just fly in, take the shuttle and show up and be there. So it was pretty great.
0: (laughs) That is good. That makes it so much easier. I don't even know where to begin. I I would like you <laughs> to begin on you've been to Bonnaroo so many times. Um I believe we met at last at, at the last Boneroo's brunch. Yes. We uh, had the Olaf shirt on, if I remember correctly.
1: That's correct. <laughs> so,
0: I mean true to the stone snowman form.
1: Um exactly. <laughs> I try I try to wear the snowman the uh, Olaf shirt anytime I'm I'm at a show or a fest or something where I there might be other emperor's just <laughs> Kind of send out a little bad signal.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. It makes it easy. It's like, yeah, I'm wearing the count. Not count. I'm wearing the Olaf shirt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know who I am. (laughs) But I don't. I mean, there's not many people who can say it better than you. What makes Bonnaroo so special? Um.
1: Well, it's a lot yeah I mean for a long time it was fun to go do drugs in a field um for a long time it was cool to see like new bands um like you know 2004 I basically went because I wanted to see Dave and Friends and the Dead and I was like oh I'm gonna, I just graduated high school and I go party it up at this music festival um but I ended up like stumbling to see my morning jacket. And I was like, what the hell? This is so great. And same with Kings of Leon. I saw them like in a tiny little tent, had no idea who they were, other than they were like some band from Tennessee. So, you know, I have discovered a lot of music at Bonnaroo. I've seen a lot of shows I probably wouldn't have otherwise seen. Um, like a lot, is, and that ranges from, you know, like Elton John. I probably wouldn't pay money to go to an Elton John concert um, you know, a standalone show, but you know, I had a great time going to see him at honor You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff you can see like that where I wouldn't pay for this, but this was actually really cool, and I'm I'm glad I have this opportunity. Um, and then for a long time too, it's just catching up with people you haven't seen for a while. You know, going to brunch is always fun, hanging out with and meeting new people. Um, and then like I said, being from Tennessee, I always know people from college or high school or just being around here that are gonna be there. So I can always run into people that I've known at some point in my life and, you know, go see some shows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Favorite memories? Do you have a, what are some of your best memories at the farm?
1: Uh, I mean, so, I mean, that jacket set in 2004, um, that was, it had been we were, we were struggling. Like I, I said, we were not prepared at all for Bonnaroo. And, uh, I was just standing in the, in the witch field watching them play. And I was just kind of blown away and then it starts pouring down rain, but the rain was like, uh, it was like energizing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I'll never forget that cause that kind of turned me out of them. And, and then they had a, like a pretty, I hate using the word Epic, but Epic late night in 2008 that I won't, won't forget. Um, one of the coolest things I think I saw was in 2007, the Flaming Lips played a late night witch set. And before the show, they handed out all these laser pointers to the crowd, like thousands of laser pointers. So during the show, there's all these people with, with lasers shining all over the place and, and stuff. Um, uh, some other great ones. Um, Radiohead in 2006 was, I that was that was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, one of the weirdest experiences, so this kind of ties back to like seeing stuff you wouldn't normally see. Um, I went to go see mashuga late night one year, and I don't remember why I wandered over there, but I was just you know at this tent and I'm not really I'm not into them at all. I'm not really a huge metal fan, but I stayed there for that whole show and it was just like pounding me. I was like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> um, stuff so, yeah, i don't know and then i'm mean, d'angelo coming out in 2012 with the super jam like nobody knew he was going to be there and all of a sudden it's like wow here, here's d'angelo like coming from nowhere out of retirement doing this set wild stuff like that i don't know yeah I, i've got lots of memories and lots of parts of memories so <laughs> emphasize the parts of memories <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah i i will i one of the funniest things i, I think i remember seeing was, it was probably it was one of the early years 2004 2005 maybe just somebody sitting on a cooler selling shots of vodka and sushi and, and i just remember like walking by me like man who the hell is buying sushi from some dude on a cooler <laughs> like two in the afternoon on a saturday Honor it. This is bizarre. I will say
0: I think that guy knows his demographic because the same person that's buying sushi from him is also
1: buying vodka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh shit, I need something to watch this sashimi down with.
0: <laughs> like that's a double whammy right there for some people. That's like <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh God, but that gets thrown out for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. You're you're not even making it to the gates. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I, need to, I need to take a trip to that porta potty. Oh. Oh. Shivering. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: a question I've started asking um, per Jordals, I'll call it the Jordals question from now on. Um, All right. Do you have infro ru member memories?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think some of the best best memories i have are actually from one big holiday um the my morning jacket uh mexico i guess um kind of destination festival that they did mm-hmm. um the first year they went i met up with uh horse and ll angie and partied with them and i remember so you know it's it's all inclusive so you get out you know free booze and I was at the the bar and uh, I just ordered a beer or something and, and Horseshack comes up to me he goes you're doing it all wrong. I was like what do you mean? He's like it's all inclusive and he like calls the bartender over he's like I need two Don Julio doubles. I was like okay yeah you're you're right I am doing this wrong <laughs> like I don't need to be drinking shitty Dos Equis all weekend. <laughs> Give me Don Julio. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun hanging out with them and and seeing those shows um and then you know so i've I've done that a few years uh it was in dominican a couple years ago and and so we went down my wife and i went down a couple days early and we met up with bonsai uh bonnie and we basically drank all night at some bar in the middle of nowhere in dominican before we headed off to the fest so that was kind of fun um and then brunch is always fun Last year, or not last year, but 2019, last time I went, um, me and Post Jack and Stinky Fingers met up, and we were in the pit for fish, and that was that, that was a highlight of the whole weekend, just being in there. That was it was exciting, you know. I'm I'm a pretty big fish fan. Post Jack, obviously, nobody can, nobody yeah. on the board is is as well versed as he is. Yeah. Um, and and Stinky was like a total noob, so you had to, to fish. And so between the three of us hanging out in the pit, it was always fun. You know, Post Jack's like, oh, yeah, the blah, blah, blah. Like, giving us trivia, you know, and, and new songs that start up. And but I just remember we'd been joking on the board before the festival that it'd be hilarious if they opened with Karini, this kind of harder rock version, you know, song that they have. And they came out, like, when the first notes of that started, like, we were all just going crazy. Um, that was a lot of fun and then again in 2019 we had this huge meetup for princess um, on sunday afternoon and it was there was a whole big group of infoers over there Um, and that's always it's always fun when you go with like a big group of people um you got a little bit more space to move around you don't feel like such an idiot dancing like a dummy um or at least i don't you know it's like hey these people won't laugh too much at me (laughs) <laughs>
0: except mm. on the private forums
1: where we're where yeah we're, like, yeah yeah i got a got an earful on the private forums later but that's all right <laughs> the princess show was great oh yeah were you there for that i was
0: i was yeah okay i don't know i, I think i was just kind of standing <laughs> i don't think i really mean much but yeah i liked it it was fun um one thing about brudge uh is the apple pie gets a little too dangerous. And uh last brunch I had to like just go back and take a nap after brunch. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you learned that apple pie will uh it's it's tasty. It is well, it's- a little too tasty. <laughs> so
0: it is. Oh um yeah, brunch awesome. is great. Brunch is so good. Um one last thing. I'm curious, are you just a snowman fan? Uh
1: no, so snowman PJ was actually my Uh, AOL instant messenger name way back 20 years ago and uh, I used to play baseball and I was number eight and so they called me snowman Um, okay and and then my name is Paul I'm a junior so my family always called me PJ Paul junior so when I was making my AOL name I was like oh I'll be snowman PJ and so that's just kind of been like you know, that was my email, my AOL. Like, nice. But so when I joined in for, I was like, oh, I'll just be Snowman PJ. Nice,
0: yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad that you could get in before you had to add numbers like, like Andrew zero three uh, two three uh oh two. Well,
1: yeah. You awesome. know, if if you're going with something like Andrew, you know, there's probably a couple Andrews out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there is a
0: Snowman PJ too. Yeah. I'm sure there is. I'm sure someone's really pissed at you somewhere. Yeah,
1: well,
0: I got it. <laughs> they could suck it. <laughs> what does uh, the average day look like
1: for you? Um, well, so so I have kids and they have always been early risers. So I have always been an early riser basically since they've been born. So I usually wake up like 5 36 ish. Uh generally drink a cup of coffee in the morning and hang out with them for a little bit. And then uh I head to work. I try to get here between like seven, seven thirty, mm-hmm. um, which is earlier than most people, but I also leave earlier than most people. So um work till about 3 30 or 4 and then I head home. So I kind of try to miss the morning rush hour, the afternoon rush hour. Mm-hmm. And then uh get home, hang out with the kids for a little bit, cook some dinner. They have a strict eight o'clock bedtime so that I have free time with the wife afterwards. And then, uh, yeah, go to bed. And then on the weekends it's, uh, I mean, these days it's, uh, kind of just hanging out outside, um, going for walks, teaching my son how to ride a bike doing that we, we just bought a house too. So we've been doing a lot of, uh, house stuff you know putting in new flower beds and you know that kind of boring suburban life stuff hey but, that's what happens <laughs> yeah 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 it is weird but it's there's there's something actually really rewarding about you know working in the yard all day and then like ooh, i earned this beer <laughs> you know <laughs> What's your, what's your uh, to-go beer or your, your go-to beer? Uh, well, I mean, my go-to beer is Miller High Life. Okay. Um, that's usually, though, if it's going to be, like, a at night. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if I'm just going to have a beer, too, it's usually some sort of IPA. I like um, citrusy, hazy, um, mm-hmm. hazy IPAs. Those are great, actually, out in Arizona. Nothing like a, a like a citrusy, very bitter... IPA on a on a hot afternoon or a hot January afternoon in Arizona. So, Ooh, Arizona, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah.
0: Do you? Uh, I you you ended up back at Tennessee, right? That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. So back here. So you don't prefer Arizona?
1: Um, I, I there's a lot to like about Arizona. I mean, it's sunny. 360 days out of the year uh in january it's never really gets colder than you know maybe 45 degrees like one or two days so the weather's always nice um but i think it was uh king of the hill they go they go to visit phoenix and bobby gets off and he's like oh my god phoenix this is like a tribute to man's arrogance like nobody should live here and and at times they're right you know it's it's a city out in the middle of the desert that doesn't have a whole lot of water. And it, we just steal all the water from basically Mexico. <laughs> um, and it's just not a sustainable city. You know, when, when we were living there for a while, my wife and I were like, you know, we gotta get out of here before climate change gets much worse because I don't really think it's a, a sustainable place to live it's great to visit. I, I I don't want anybody to think I'm talking shit on Arizona. You should all go visit, especially the grand Canyon is vast and beautiful and wonderful. And there's so much to do outdoors there, but, um, living there was long-term, I don't think a a very good place to live. Um, and so many people from California couldn't afford to live in California anymore. So they were just like flooding into Arizona. So it was like, you know, this is a giant city of like 6 million people in the middle of the desert. This, yeah, it's it's not, not...
0: <laughs> this, this is not going to work. Uh, perhaps a segue into Bonnaroo. Maybe did you ever make it out to Coachella when you were out there?
1: I, I didn't. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets. Um, Cause you could, I would always watch, uh, you know, secondary market tickets and usually weekend two tickets, like a, would, would generally drop below face, And I probably could have, if I tried harder, make it work. But um, right in the middle of April, so I taught um, when I was at ASU, um, and April is like right in the middle of getting geared up for finals and then mm-hmm. finals time. And as much as it sucks studying for finals, grading a class of 60 people's finals is even worse. <laughs> You know, so uh, it was always just super busy with classes and, and my own classes and then the ones I was teaching. So it just, it was hard to get away um, in April and then even more so, uh, you know, once I had kids, they were younger and so I didn't want to leave the wife with the kids for the weekend. You know, when I, when I would come to Bonner, it was easier because my parents lived here in Memphis. So I could just drop the kids off with them or something. And, you know, even when the wife stopped going to Bonnaroo, um, she at least could have a weekend to herself without the kids. But doing Coachella in April, you know, it was just too hard yeah.
0: timing-wise. So. Definitely. But uh, I bring it up because somehow Bonnaroo's lineup has come out before Coachella's, even though Coachella happens even before Bonnaroo, kind of crazy stuff. Um, yeah, it's wild. Are you uh, going to this year's reel?
1: Um, I have not bought tickets. I was really hoping the lineup would be more in line with like 2020, 2021. Um, there's a lot on there that I really do like in the undercard. The top nine is just bizarrely barren for me. Um, so I'm probably not going to buy a ticket now, at least not from official outlets, but I know I'm going to have the itch to go. I was I was telling Vu uh, on this, she asked me in one of the threads actually earlier today if I was going to make it, you know, I told her like in my head, I'm saying no, but I know that I'm just kind of lying to myself. <laughs> you know, I'll probably end up buying a ticket like in May and pack up the car and head out for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. It's been brought up that
0: Tennessee is pretty wide um but you are in fact in Tennessee how far are you from Bonnerville?
1: uh it's really not that bad it's like a three hour drive to Nashville and then you know about an hour south of there so maybe about four hours or so okay so yeah and usually when I drive from Memphis I'm meeting up with people in Nashville anyway so you know three hours in Nashville and then I hop in the back of somebody's car and he's got a bigger car than me and then nice parade down with them so Nice. So it's not. It's really not. It's not. It's not too bad. And you know, in the in years past, I've even like left on Sundays and made it home Sunday night and time to go to work on Monday, which I don't recommend. It's always like that day my, uh, at work. The next day, I'm just like, I've had eight cups of coffee and I'm still sleeping under my desk. But yeah, that's Yeah. <not> <laughs> especially I, I,
0: you know by like five
1: <laughs> yeah 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 I, I only did that twice and uh it it sucked
0: <laughs> yeah it sucked oh but you know you move on and it's in the past now and
1: yeah i i was young enough that doing dumb shit like that was was still okay <laughs> yeah I, I i'm at the age now where you know i need to take a monday off and just sit all day yeah but uh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like your um your point about the lineup, uh, that the top nine is rough because you even talked about early, like, um, one of the magics of honor is that you can kind of see shows that you wouldn't necessarily pay for. And, yes, a good undercard is really good because, like, yeah, you maybe necessarily wouldn't see them or pay for them, but it's a lot different when you're, like, missing out on, like, a few $20 shows or it's, like, you know, like you said, Elton John, like, seeing him is a couple hundred bucks. Like, that's, like, value-wise, like, that's just – easier to calculate and so like yeah
1: yeah exactly like yeah i'm super stoked for japanese breakfast but you know i can also catch that (laughs) for like 20 bucks right i'm not i'm not super stoked for j cole you know (laughs) like i wouldn't be paying whatever his ticket prices are and i'll probably go back to camp and drink a beer instead of go see j cole you know so yeah it's it's a it's a real value proposition it is but But, usually ends up
0: kind of being worth it if if the right people and everyone's there, you have a great time.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's it's been I think a, a big draw to at least for me, is that you know it's it's been since twenty nineteen that I've done any you know if I like went to Bonnaroo last year, it'd be a lot easier to kind of be like yeah I can wait another year, but like you know if you skip this year, it's like all right it's been three years, um you know and I haven't even been to a show since March twenty twenty. I went to Innings Fest in Arizona, and then the week later, we kind of just, everything shut down. So (laughs) yeah, the last thing I saw was like Weezer um, closing out this festival. I was like, yeah, that's cool, but my last concert memory is Weezer. Weezer's awesome. Dude, don't get me wrong, I love Weezer. Um, They uh, actually in college, um, I lived in this apartment building, and uh, whenever we were having fun late at night, we would all stand on our coffee table and sing Say It Ain't So, <laughs> and uh, really loud and, and obnoxiously. And we went to this party at the apartment complex in one of the other buildings. And when me and my roommates walked in, uh, the girl who lives above us was at this party. And she's like, these are those assholes who sing Weezer at three in the morning. And we we're like, "Uh," and so then somebody like, Started playing Weezer, and so we just stood up on their coffee table and started singing it. Like everybody in the party is like singing Weezer with us. We're like, yeah! And this girl is so pissed. It was hilarious. (laughs) You can't do that with any other band. Yeah, I I mean, everybody knows a a Weezer song, you know, and and they're (laughs) they're fun sing along. I I saw them in Bonnaroo one year, and and it was hot as shit because they were on the Witch stage, and you know they're always silly like i think rivers put on a, a wig and started singing a lady gaga song and so i mean they're just kind of stupid fun you know yeah, <laughs> it's
0: awesome
1: yeah exactly yeah so i'm, I'm not hating on Weezer, but
0: no i won't allow it no weezer hate on this show
1: yeah you know i'm just saying <laughs> if i had to pick if i had to pick a show to go to if i knew i was going to not see a show for like two and a half years i probably wouldn't have picked we
0: that's fair yeah i think um I think for me, I saw Blood Orange. I want to say like two days before Atlanta like uh, shut down. Uh, Oh wow! Yeah, Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I have been to a few shows since COVID. Um, Do you have any tickets on deck, like at all? You have anything, uh, any
1: shows you're looking forward to? (laughs) So technically, I have tickets to Pearl Jam, multiple Pearl Jam shows, um, because they postponed their tour instead of canceling it. And so I've had those tickets for like two and a half years. Ticketmaster's just sitting on like $800 of my money. Um, but those are the only actual tickets I have right now. Um, just because, so my son isn't vaccinated and he, uh, he won't be until April. We're like counting down the days till he gets vaccinated. Yeah. Because we're uh like, yeah, we shouldn't go be reckless when we can easily, you know, we've made it two and a half years. Let's just make it till April and yeah. keep him safe. So it's kind of disappointing. So that's why like I really wanted to do big ears this year, but um that's a hard sell to like, oh, I'm gonna go to a music festival at indoor venues and then. Come home to the kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would be maybe fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably would be. I and I think too, like so working here at St. Jude, we uh we get regular updates on what the the numbers are like in the county and and they're very hyper um, aware of safety here at St. Jude because most of the kids here, you know they don't have much of an immune system right now because they're going through chemo and stuff. Um, you know, so we had like a vax mandate and I, I got a booster like right away. And so part of it is also this mentality of protection, protection, protection. And, and that just kind of has seeped into the, the personal life too. Um, which yeah, it's, it's made it kind of, uh, difficult sometimes you know I I've seen a lot of my friends going out and doing stuff and I want to be doing more stuff but I also I feel like I feel like if my kids got COVID right before they were able to get vaccinated for it I would I feel really bad about that you know (laughs) especially if it were my fault so (laughs) so I I feel like I can make that
0: sacrifice Um, that's a that's a totally fair and understandable sacrifice
1: yeah respectable too yeah i mean it's not fun and <laughs> it is weird having those like you know because i just moved back to you know memphis is my hometown and you know there's a bunch of people that i i know here and they're like oh yeah you moved out let's let's go get drinks let's go do this and that and i'm like uh you want to come sit on my patio with masks <laughs> you know um so you know it's, it's kind of weird being a somewhat of a wet blanket sometimes but yeah whatever yeah
0: whatever it doesn't matter whatever
1: (laughs) i'll I'll go hang out with my internet friends on this really cool message board Yeah. (laughs) so
0: yeah we've got a cool chicken mascot and like a red logo
1: yeah Um, some active yeah i know i we need to get uh I, i trained monkeys was um he had this big push to get some shirts made a few years ago and uh i didn't jump on the shirt train at the time so i need to revive that thread I'd be like hey let's get some shirts yeah might as well get some
0: shirts <laughs> infrau shirts you heard it here we'll get some infrau shirts going
1: <laughs> yeah if you're listening out there
0: yeah yeah if we get enough people interested in infrau shirts we'll figure it out yeah. Yeah, it's been done. Section below. <laughs> yeah, like, like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to my Patreon, um, <laughs> what else do they say? <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've got an OnlyFans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what people have been through. OnlyFans content would be, just like everything I cut out, which would be like ninety percent ums. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's me hula hooping in my underwear to lcd sound system (laughs) yeah i got the (laughs) footage. i can't do any tricks or anything i just a loop of me standing there basic hula hooping that's um how long
0: can you do it how long can you hula hoop
1: oh i don't know my my wife is really good and she can do all the the cool tricks and spins and stuff like that and she tried to teach me for a while over the pandemic, I was learning some of the cool hop throughs and stuff. But then I stopped and now I can, I don't know. I could probably go for a solid two or three minutes before I'm like, all right, that's enough. Nice. <laughs> There's enough. This is enough hula for me.
0: Uh, is your wife one of the like hula hoop festival girls?
1: Uh, not sort of. Um okay. She, she's into she's into hula hooping and she uh, likes doing it and she brought her hoops with us when we went i think 2016 but then she got really self-conscious about it because she doesn't want to be lumped in with all the like crazy you know, she's like ah i don't I don't want to be one of these people <laughs> um, so not really no she, she's more like a you know turn the music up loud in the bedroom and, and dance around and and stuff nice that's awesome yeah. Yeah. That. yeah she could yeah she, she was getting down during lcd um but uh you know we were way in the back spinning her she's got a, a really sweet led hoop and so we were way in the back spinning those around and i think it's fun just to like sit on the couch and turn off the lights and watch her like do her thing but uh that does sound fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess did y'all meet at festivals is that where y'all met or school uh
1: no we met she went to the University of Tennessee also um so I met her uh 2008 I guess and then uh I dragged her with me to Bonnaroo in 2009 mm-hmm. which is funny because she hates fish and uh fish had like just gotten back together and so we did like this whole run like Asheville and Knoxville and then two nights at Bonnaroo and uh She had a great time, but during, (laughs) I made a deal with her that uh, Sunday during fish, we could go ride the, the, what you you call it? The the Ferris wheel. Yeah, that's what it was. So, so yeah, she's done bottom room with me a few times. Um, She's kind of over it, I think. I think after the pandemic, too, she's like, I don't think I can be around that many people ever again. Uh, So, she's not a diehard. She's probably been four or five times, so. No, I mean, that's understandable.
0: I think there will be a lot of people that uh, feel that way. uh, (laughs) Uh, At least for a a while. I think therapists uh, will have that uh, very high on the list of crowd anxiety uh, pretty soon. soon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. uh, But shout out to Snow Woman. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. We have covered Job, uh, the history of Inferu, even. Uh, memories of Bonru, interactions with and for Oosters, uh, the complexities of the brain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about uh, that makes Snowman, Snowman?
1: Um, well, I, you've been digging into hobbies. Yes. Um, yeah. So I have actually started getting back into my hobbies. Um, because I was kind of feeling like Jordal's was for a while where I, I didn't really, uh, didn't really know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like over the pandemic, I taught myself how to do embroidery. Nice. Um, and so I was doing that for a while, but now I've really gotten back into playing music. So I, I learned bass when I was maybe 16 and I studied mm-hmm. jazz bass for a long time. And I was in some bands, uh, all throughout college uh, actually we recorded an album and it's up on my soundcloud uh, little plug there um, <laughs> so it, it's like listen to it if you want it's really uh silly 2000s uh kind of alternative rock i guess maybe um but uh i've gotten more into trying to learn how to use like uh daws and programming uh like producing music more like with uh, drum machines and, and stuff like that so that's been fun um and and that's kind of a, a time suck where i'll i'll sit and like watch somebody on youtube and be like oh yeah okay that's how you program drums and i'll spend like two hours like trying to recreate beats and stuff yeah um so that's been a lot of fun um that and disc golf uh living out in arizona i my house was very small i didn't have much of a yard but uh, my new house has this big yard. And so for my birthday, I bought myself a disc golf basket and I have that set up in my front yard. So now we, uh, me and the kids can go out there and play some disc golf without having to go all the way out to a course, just getting really good at putting, playing like pig with disc golf or horse. Um, oh. I've got two follows
0: for that. All right. One definitely post your SoundCloud album. That way, when we <laughs> hit like the bass, like, boom, 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 boo, or whatever, it's probably not drum bass. Is it? No, it's not drum bass. It's bass guitar, right? Bass guitar, yeah. Or like, a like, a kind of sound. Yeah, Slapping the bass. Slap a yeah, bass. yeah, exactly. We'll be like, oh, that's, that's our guy. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, this weekend, I went out to Cloudland Canyon, uh, which is very near Tennessee. Um, uh, it's like right south of Chattanooga, and they have a disc golf course. Um, and I would highly recommend going there yeah I, sh-
1: I should check it out yeah i so when, when i was in college we uh my roommates and i would actually go out to places specifically to play disc golf huh. um like okay like, oh there's this great course in alabama let's go and we just like get up and drive to alabama like on saturday morning and play disc golf and then drive back um so we were really into it and then i just kind of stopped playing for years so it's it's fun to pick up a hobby that you haven't done in a while and be like, yeah. Oh, yeah i still have these muscles in here somewhere you know <laughs> but uh but yeah chet i i now that i'm back in tennessee i want to spend more time in chattanooga cod lake canyon um my sister went a couple weeks ago and she brought back these awesome pictures like uh did you get to go above the clouds and
0: and see no uh we plan to just keep going back it's um we're going to like, I, I don't know. It was really cool. Like it's a really cool place, but no, uh, we did the two waterfalls and then we took a walk around like the catfish pond and like, uh, to like a little Creek.
1: There's oh, one. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the pictures she was showing me were just phenomenal. It's, it's such a beautiful area. So yeah. that's, that's actually, uh, I, Knoxville is one of my favorite places I lived. Um, uh, just for that reason, um, Remy was kind of talking about this, how she's so close to the mountains and the beach uh Knoxville's not really that close to the beach but you can just go right out to the Smokies or down to Chattanooga and it's just amazing places to go Mm -hmm. hiking out in the woods man yeah Yeah. you can go do a hike and go play some disc golf (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly yeah disc golf's practically a hike itself
0: it is yeah yeah we part of the hike was like just walking uh along the disc golf course and it was, it was like a lot of, I mean, it was a Saturday. So I mean, there's a bunch of people playing, uh, it was a pretty, pretty cool little place yeah. bit
1: for you. <laughs> awesome. I'll check it out. And anybody who's looking for a hobby, I highly recommend disc golf because it's, uh, very cheap and easy to get into and yeah, you're just walking around outside. So yeah. You know. Don't a little Frisbee. Don't a little Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can, you know, bring some beers you know, yeah. or whatever tickles your fancy.
0: Yeah, it's like um, golf without like bending and swinging and all that stuff. Yeah, or the dress code—a yeah. little bit more pleasant. In fact, probably a lot of bit more pleasant. Maybe <laughs> get the beard. Yeah, out. I. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. <laughs> so
0: Cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to share? Any words of wisdom?
1: Um. Hmm. actually you asked somebody the other day what their words of wisdom were and i was like "Ooh, i I thought of something but i don't remember what it is um so probably write stuff down that's that's my word of wisdom right write stuff down that you don't want to forget yeah Uh, i i have to remind myself that all the time even here at work i'll be like oh oh shit i was supposed to meet for people of info at 1 30 (laughs) not (laughs) written that down Oh, <laughs> that's the
0: whole, I, I talked about it with Andrew in the last episode. Time zones are so honky. It's like, yeah. why do they, I mean, I know why they exist, but like, why, why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to be back where my time zone is consistent. Cause so Arizona doesn't um, observe daylight savings time. And so whenever we would fall back or spring forward, we would just stay the same, which is, it's nice because you don't have to change your clocks, but then you got to remember what time it is relative to you everywhere else so like sometimes east coast is two hours ahead sometimes it's three hours ahead you know so time zones suck yeah i think uh i think
0: georgia is trying to get rid of the daylight savings time if i remember correctly um and i was like yeah i won't have to change my clock but yeah now now it's gonna be like oh i guess california would be four hours away
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta like remember all that
0: (laughs) oh man (laughs) more math (laughs) geez (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah well um so, thank you for joining me
1: yeah thanks thanks for doing this it's been fun to, to hear from everybody um, yeah
0: this was so. an incredibly interesting conversation about the brain um good good i'm glad and
1: if anybody you know
0: i love talking about the brain so maybe open a thread like uh snowman <laughs> brain
1: brain brain chats with snowman
0: yeah, do it. <laughs> I'll ask some questions. All right. <laughs> interesting. I, 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 I'm no, we're not ending this episode. <laughs> like, All right. All right. Last tangent. It's like, I feel like we don't know enough about the brain. Like it's like there, like I feel like we should know more about the brain. So yeah, questions should be asked.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't even know as much as I think I should about the brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: There, I mean, there hasn't been enough
0: research about it. For you to study and then you know now, now there is
1: <laughs> well, and then you know the more you learn the more you're like wait a minute i we don't really know that much
0: yeah yeah that's an endless so, cycle for almost anything it's like oh i finally learned about uh fish i know all about jam dance it's like oh
1: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but did you hear that set from uh you know california in 92 <laughs> there's just have so you much. heard it yeah have you heard about the side projects <laughs> there's in
0: any topic it just never ends <laughs> exactly uh so. however this time this episode will end <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right all right i'm washing my hands of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but thank you all for listening thanks for joining me the snowman paul uh all right have a great day